0: I, I could have had class I could have been a contender Hulk, oh, smash
1: Mrs.
2: Robinson, you're trying to seduce me Here's
0: Johnny Oops, wait, what do you want? Hey, motherfucker You never go and ask them out Now what is so damn funny? And here we go We will not go quietly into the night We will not vanish without a fight Force will be with you Almost the truth! You can't handle the truth! Showtime, everybody! Showtime!
3: Hey, 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 everybody out there in movie land. It is I, Chris the Dace Man Dace, bringing you the second edition of the Four Real Movie Club. Joining
4: me this evening from the Dace Man show,
0: Gibby. Ah, oh,
4: really? I'm not here. I'm not here. Don't tell anybody.
0: Oh
3: God. And joining us from Fanboys Anonymous, Tom Jackson. Hello. And his friend, Hi. Ian Phillips. <laughs> hello, hello. And from Fanboys Anonymous as well, Sam Lasio. Hey, everybody. <clears throat> Get it. Made it with
2: like a second. Stop that. This guy's being a pain in the
0: ass.
3: Oh, I, I completely understand that. Uh, joining us tonight, we're going to be discussing movie films as part of our second theme for the Four Real Movie Club. And since you know we're running a little bit behind because of technical difficulties, mm-hmm. let's just jump right into things. And we'll start off with The Monster Squad. So what we'll do here on Four Real Movie Club, we'll go around our panel, we'll get their opinions, what they thought, the high points were, what the low points were, what they thought of the casting, and if overall what they would rank it out of one and ten, a uh, one through ten. Were we
4: actually supposed to watch these movies?
3: Ah, oh, you were so helpful.
4: <laughs> no one told me that.
3: For those of you who don't listen to the Dace Man Show on Wednesdays, this is what I deal with every week.
4: What are uh, you talking about?
3: <laughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about The Monster Squad, and let will give you a little bit of rundown. It's a 1987 comedy horror film written by Shane Black and Fred Decker and directed by Fred Decker, who also wrote and directed Night of the Creeps. It was released by TriStar Pictures on August 14th, 1987. The film features... The Universal Monsters, reimagined by a team of special effects artists including Stan Winston, led by Count Dracula. They in turn com- uh, combat a group of savvy kids, one badass, one leader, one sidekick, and one fat kid, uh, to keep them from controlling their world. This is also a twist the horror movies as it reimagines classic monsters unleashed in a 1980s setting because everything that's awesome happened in the 80s. And the film also makes a barb at incest horror sequels with a film within a film. is questioned question as to how many times can a serial killer come back from the grave. So, let's kick things off. We'll start with
2: you, Sam. Well, first, uh, I just want to say that was a very beautiful reading off of the Wikipedia
0: page. You're absolutely <laughs> welcome.
2: I'm actually, the only reason I knew you were reading off of Wikipedia is because I'm using it because I hadn't heard of this movie before five minutes ago. <laughs> so I think your overall impression would be
3: this film is, uh, it's a film. Uh, it's my, a film. Yeah, yeah,
2: this is a movie. My overall impression, <laughs> is this is. something like a horror movie, monster movie, like the Avengers? Like how all this- these recognizable characters coming together as a team?
4: Yeah. Uh, sort of. I don't <laughs> know, man. I it's There's no Nick Fury to gather them. I, I just need some help here trying to figure out how this is a horror, horror movie because Dracula's in it and and Frankenstein yeah Frankenstein. and two and, mummies
5: and the wolfman
4: right so it could be a love story with Frankenstein and therefore it has to be a horror movie because he's in it did you say it was a love story because he was no, 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 no. a little I just, kid yeah was, I don't think
5: <laughs> they were in love I just think
4: no I'm just saying it, it was a, technically a love story and there was Frankenstein mm. in it therefore it's a horror movie because Frankenstein's in it right because he's a monster Oh, my God, Jesus. <laughs> so, Gibby,
3: uh, since you are so avid to keep poking holes into it, what did you think of the movie that you just watched probably a couple hours
4: ago? Uh, first off, I don't know how in the world they can classify that as a horror movie. Um, it is extremely corny, but it's so corny it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> Uh, probably one of the best parts is when the, uh, the leader goes, kick him in, kick him in the nads, kick him in the nads, (laughs) what? And the fat kid goes, what, what? Kicks him in the nads, he goes,
0: I just, Wolfman's got nads!
4: That was one of my
3: favorite lines from the movie, and he just would not stop harping on the fact that the Wolfman had, uh, nards after that.
4: (laughs) Oh, man, that was great.
3: Uh, Ryan, what was your first impression at the movie?
1: Um, I was really pleasantly surprised, to be honest, because just from the opening credits and as soon as there was that scene of the little girl reading from the scroll with the old man screaming at her to read faster, <laughs> I was like, well, this is going to be a completely wasted 80 minutes of my life I can't get <laughs> back. But, uh, sure enough, it was definitely a Shane shame Black script, had some really snappy, quippy dialogue, um, kind of like, uh, this is the end, it was very self-reflexive and a lot of meta humor, just kind of making fun of monster movies and stuff like that. I probably watched a good 20 minutes of it at double speed just to get through it a little faster. But uh, really, if it had better special effects, it wouldn't have been that bad. It was a pretty good satire. For sure. Ian, what were your thoughts?
5: I'm I'm pretty much on board with Ryan there. At first, I just thought it was going to be really cheesy. But then when you see Shane Black's name in the credits, you know it's going to be, I guess, cheesy for a reason. And it was very much a product of... Just like every 80s movie about a group of kids getting in trouble, at least one of them is from a troubled family, obviously, but I thought since it came out the end of the 80s, it was kind of a really fun spin on that, and it was only 80 minutes, which doesn't happen with a lot of movies, especially I think all the other ones we watched, maybe not Cloverfield, were about two hours long, so it's kind of nice we you can go through that breezy pace, Mm
0: -hmm. but
5: overall, I really, I enjoyed it, it was like good cheesy 80s fun. Uh, if one
3: thing that kind of surrounds this movie is
5: the, the people that
3: star in it. And now for you guys, I, I know personally when I was watching, I didn't recognize a damn person in this movie. Me neither. Uh, it, it currently stars Andre Gower, Robbie Kigger, Brent Chalem, Ryan Lambert, Michael Faustino, and Stephen Mott.
5: Am I supposed to know any of those names? Well, I I do not. I like to watch old movies from the 80s and see who I recognize, but this one I didn't recognize anyone.
3: Yeah, and it, just watching it through the thing, it just nobody like nobody stuck out. Uh, so what we're gonna do, since we don't know who these people are, let's say they did go and make a remake of this movie, word for word for verbatim. We're gonna go through around the t- uh, the panel right now. I want to see who you would cast in these roles to play some uh, people, et cetera, play, play some of the characters. We'll start with you, Gibby, because uh, I'm sure you're gonna have something about Nicolas Cage.
4: <laughs> oh, man. Nicholas Cage can definitely be the older teenager guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so he's going
4: to be one of the four kids? Yeah, of course. Why not? Okay. No. Um, uh, so, but you you almost have to cast kids for it then. Yeah, right? It's hard to know
5: child
1: actors. Just have Jaden Smith play them all.
4: Uh, <laughs> uh,
5: Will Smith would totally fund it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Have both his kids in it, Willow and uh,
1: Jin. They can do the soundtrack.
3: (laughs) I would like to hear. I whip
1: my hair back and forth for like the (laughs) moment or something. I could see them doing one of those ending uh, dance numbers like in animated movies. Yeah,
5: (laughs) dance number. (laughs) Uh, But go ahead. Oh no, sorry. go ahead. No, no. I just
3: uh, give it. So it's kind of hard to cast, like you said, because you need kids. Um, But. For the monsters, let, let's t- let's take a look at Dracula. Because I, I've, when watching this film and posting on Facebook that I was currently watching it for the first time this past week, uh, a lot of people commented uh, that this was the best Dracula they've ever seen. Huh. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I kid you not, really? several of the comments have been, "This is the I liked him because he picked up the little girl and called her a bitch."
5: <laughs> There's a lot of wait. What what was this rated? Does anyone know? Uh. T- t- I want to say it's PG. Hang on, I'm on the end. There's there is some there's some pretty bad words in this for a PG rated movie. I guess they didn't really get the ratings. No, it was, it was PG-13. A PG-13? Okay. This yeah, was like the the
1: homophobia was nuts.
4: Yeah, there was a lot of it. <laughs>
3: That and the uh, all, all the whole Nazi references with the German guy too. Yeah,
1: for no reason,
5: just no reminded me he's German. But he says, I think I don't. It, it should not have made me crack up, but made me crack up when he says, "I know how to deal with monsters." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this his tattoo. So,
0: uh, <laughs> uh,
5: let's go around the panel real quick.
3: What did you think of since Dracula was the main?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> Okay, let's go
3: back to casting the kids. Go ahead,
4: say who the kids are, Gibby. Uh, I would just, uh, I mean, for me, I feel like a lot of them, like, uh, Jonathan Hill could definitely be the fat kid. It's, it's Jonah Hill. It's Jonah Hill, whatever, it don't matter. It don't Jonathan matter. Hill's a stage name. And I would definitely go with, oh, whatever, Michael. Yeah, Sarah, Michael that. Sarah. Down yeah. it out. Are you... They could be, uh, he, he, he to me, is a good sidekick for the movie. I don't know who you could you would do as the, the main cast guy. I would so.
5: cast I would cast the really awkward kid from The Way Way Back His name's Liam James. I didn't really like that movie, but he looks a lot like the lead kid. Yeah, I could see that.
4: Yeah, for uh, sure. The, the the little girl could be uh what's her name? Uh Hermione from
5: uh Emma
4: Watson. I, I Emma Watson. She looked
5: like she looked like a, she just looked like a rip off version of Drew Barrymore in E. T. It
4: would be great. <laughs> yeah.
5: Which That's I'm sure is sure. what they were going for. <laughs> But, uh, like,
3: Emma Watson in the first Harry Potter or Emma Watson today first. is going to be a little creepy.
4: Well, that's what I mean. Like, I only can think of, like, I mean, when I think of kids, I almost have to be when they were kids. Wait,
5: when we're talking about casting people, can it be those actors at any age or, like, the age they are now?
3: Oh, I think any age. Could, I think, the child it's you know, child- changed
5: a lot of things. I think we should get six-year-old Robert De Niro. <laughs> I don't know
1: what he was like, but I bet he's amazing. <laughs> I agree. That was 19-year-old crazy. Meryl Streep to play the girl next door in the lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know,
3: the one that was quote-unquote a virgin up until, like, the m- moment when it mattered. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just...
4: <laughs> well, that doesn't count. God. Uh, well, really,
1: they just didn't ask her, why couldn't the boy – did it have to be a virgin girl?
3: Yeah, I know, because all those yeah. kids were virgins,
1: clearly. Oh, for sure. Except for the one that lights matches off his shoe heel. Yeah. So
3: that's I don't know. What's going on. The, one, yeah, the well, one who turned yeah. into Hawkeye, right? Yeah, that
4: guy.
1: <laughs> Mummy yeah. Slayer. Yeah. I do know, it was the Bride of Frankenstein.
4: Yeah, I like how he waits ten minutes, then shoots, and then just stands there instead of reloading it, waits for him to come right up next to him, and then go, all right, maybe I should get another steak out of my back.
1: That's how he's a badass.
3: Yeah, it's a total Hawkeye move. So he he was just... And all, if, I don't know if you guys noticed while you were watching. All the rooms were plastered with Marvel posters. Oh, yes, for sure. Not, the, little,
1: I, the six-year-old with the Punisher poster?
5: Yeah. <laughs> there was also a ton of product placement for Burger King. Yeah. Uh, well thought, that, yeah.
1: Did you notice it was the entire town square from Back to the Future? Basically. <laughs> no, that was, that was the Universal a lot. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is literally the back. I would cast the Back to the Future town square as the
5: town square. It's a really good town square. Not, not gonna lie. Got a really That's, big Burger King. Very spacious. I think one of my favorite lines is towards the end when they say, "We can't do this in a church. Why don't we just go do it in Burger King?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh,
5: oh. So, for when it comes to the let's let's focus on the
3: monsters for a little bit um, since we're talking about characters and stuff and casting uh, the the square from Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> Do you feel that they – obviously picking Dracula, Wolfman, the Mummy, and Frankenstein made sense. How about the creature from the Black Lagoon or whatever the hell he was? Yeah, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no, it was in
5: it for like one second or what, that one.
3: Yeah, it okay. was very brief, but for some reason they
1: chose that as one of the monsters. It team fit? needs its Aquaman, all right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: exactly.
3: But,
2: but it just felt yeah, he, he felt a little out
3: out of place when it came to all these monsters that were running around. I mean, he popped up out of the, the lake to look at the kid, and then he popped
4: out of the sewer real quick at the end. <laughs> well, he also bro- lifted the, uh, I guess it was his coffin out of the lake, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was there with him. Yeah, I forgot about that.
1: Yeah, when when, when Dracula thought he was using his powers, but then it turned out he wasn't.
4: Yeah. <laughs> but, but he
1: didn't know that.
4: Uh my whole thing though is is like everyone else are, like the wolf man's a guy, like they're all have somebody else that like they are except for that creature out of the lagoon. He wasn't like some, he wasn't like human at some point in time. He's he was just literally shows up out of nowheres mm-hmm. and there.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean?
4: Like even the mummy at one point was alive and it was a person and he just obviously just got I guess got brought back to live by Dracula. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> And then you got the teacher from the, he just shows up out of nowhere has absolutely no segue into there and he just shows up lifting up the uh, casket that that's his entrance.
0: That's well,
4: he's true. just been chilling.
1: He was, he was just in that pond for all time and then
3: yeah. Um, another thing is since we we harped on the the, the black lagoon creature whatever the hell he was um, origins. How about the Wolfman? And how he was in the police station <laughs>
5: saying, I'm going to be a wolf, please put me in here. <laughs> I'm a
0: werewolf, I'm a werewolf, lock me up, lock me
5: up. <laughs> he looked, He looked the, of all of the characters, his makeup and costume looked the fakest, I think.
0: Well, it didn't help
5: that
1: he did that, like, Power Ranger villain thing where he just jumps out and kind of, like, hops back and forth a little. <laughs> it doesn't actually do anything. Uh,
3: um, but not only did he do it once at the actual police station, but he then proceeds to call the police station again at a later moment.
0: I'm in the a werewolf. A telephone I'm a room. werewolf. I'm a werewolf.
3: And the only reason he got the attention of the police station was he told the sheriff he was going to kill his son. Or that, that Dracula was going to kill his son.
4: Exactly. exactly.
1: Now I would talking. still take him over Taylor Lautner any day of the week.
5: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or... Uh, Like Jay Fox, never mind. (laughs) The real Teen Wolf. (laughs) It's the real Teen (laughs) Wolf. Um, on
3: top of that, uh, with all these monsters and the sheriff and stuff, the there's this lieutenant or his assistant or detective. I can't. I don't. The the only black guy in the film.
4: I like how he dies first. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
3: Kind of where I was going with it. Like you have one token black guy and. That's uh, just like.
1: Spirit of nineteen eighties filmmaking, right there. Yeah, it's a, this is a deep satire. It's drenched in irony. You're right.
4: You <laughs> can't. He, he can't figure out how to open up the car door, in order to escape from a burning stick of dynamite that took like five minutes to go boom. Yeah,
1: because Dracula has. <laughs> well,
4: that's another
3: point. Uh, Dracula's go-to weapon was sticks of dynamite.
5: <laughs> you didn't say this was faithful to the original tale, guys. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but it,
2: it Just, might... uh, Go ahead. based on what you guys are talking about this movie, since I'm like one of the people who hasn't seen it, if they were to remake this, it sounds like it would be really awesome if you got like, um, like the guys who do like Pineapple Express and stuff <laughs> like James
5: Franco, Seth Rogen,
2: if you got those guys to remake this movie, it sounds like it'd be fucking hilarious.
5: I could yeah, totally see them doing it. Oh, that would be great. It'd be more of a stoner comedy, but that would probably make it even better. <laughs> probably <laughs> I have a crystal yeah. ending then, whether it really happened or not.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mummy
4: lights up a doobie afterwards. Now I wanna pull a doobie out of mummy wrappings. <laughs> and as they're done token up, they go, Let's go to Burger King, guys. Let's <laughs> go to Burger King. Get now, the product I, placement in. I didn't grow up in the
5: eighties. Now I want to know were these special effects considered good back then or were they always
4: cheesy because I think the cheesiness adds to the movie in general. I have no idea. I mean, I would say it's probably on par with what everything else in that time frame is, right?
5: No, oh, I feel like I've seen movies from back then that had better special effects. I mean,
4: I mean, you're going to be like talking like Star Wars, uh probably the second one, right? Too, was then did. again, I think
5: this also only This had a really low budget Like, mm-hmm. it was oh, $12 million I don't know what that was back then But today that's nothing
3: Which is a shame Because yeah. if you look at the box office Of what it took it in on the states it was only it's about 3.7, yeah
5: Yeah, it did nothing This was right I think this was like Right before Shane This might be the same year as Lethal Weapon Or right before Shane Black hit it big with Lethal Weapon I'm not sure
4: yeah, I think you I think it was Lethal Weapon too, right?
1: I
5: think he wrote the first. Did he write the first one?
1: Yeah, that's a, that. That was his breakthrough script.
4: And that was yep. at night.
5: That was in '87. So Weapon, this Lethal came Weapon out the 2. same. So both. So both get a huge flop and a gigantic hit in the exact same year. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> it's only because this one didn't have Gary Busey.
5: Exactly. That's all it needed. Obviously. <laughs> So uh, final takeaways, what we'll do is, because we've got
3: about nine minutes left to wrap up this section of the uh, the monster squad and uh, monster squad. the humor part of it. Um, we'll start with Brian. What are your final thoughts on the monster squad? And then what would you rank at one through ten? Uh, ten being uh, this is basically Shawshank Redemption. One being uh, this is just, you know, something we shot in the backyard.
4: Uh, I mean, my final thoughts are, I mean, it wasn't a bad movie, um, but it definitely has its, uh, perks. It's very corny, and if you like some type of movies, it's actually not a bad movie to watch. Uh, I would probably rate it probably around like a, uh, I'd say 4, 4.5. Oh, look at you throwing out points. Hey, that's what I do. <laughs> well
3: what I do. Tom, what would you uh, rank it and what are your final thoughts?
1: Well, final thoughts I would definitely prefer it to the new Godzilla movie. I'd rather watch this movie in French than watch the new Godzilla movie again. <laughs> but, uh, on a scale from 1 to 10, I'm going to give it a 4, which is like if I saw it in like the $5 bin at Walmart, I'd heavily consider getting it and then maybe say no at the end. No, uh, I thought
0: it was a fun movie.
1: <laughs> If you could watch like the Sandlot or any of those kind of old movies or the Goonies and get through kind of the, the cheesiness, that's, that's kind of come about as it ages and just are in the mood to just kind of watch something and laugh. I think it's fun. So I would, I'd say it four.
5: Nice. Uh, <laughs> Ian. Um, I'm a, I'm a big fan of these like eighties kind of preteen comedies like that. And this is really cheesy. The whole movie's like pretty cheesy, but if that's exactly what you're in the mood for, I think it's worth watching. And if you kind of have seen a lot of monster movies, I think everyone will enjoy the satire of it. So, I. Uh, homophobia
3: aside, I'll give it five out of 10. There you go. The higher ranking than the, uh, the other two. And Sam, as an outside perspective of hearing us talk about it, <laughs> um, would you go see it? And on a scale of one to 10, 10 being you'd absolutely run out there and go see it. And one being, uh, I'm
2: not moving. What would you give um, it? I'd give it a five. As far as I'm in the middle, I wouldn't go out and buy this. Even if it was in the $5 rack, it, But if a friend of mine had it, we were just sitting around and we're like, hey, you want to pop in a movie and someone says Monster Squad? I wouldn't say no. (laughs)
0: There you
2: go.
1: I just let it happen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Other than actually just getting up, like, I'm not staying in this
3: room. If you're watching this film, best of luck, people.
1: Like the Godzilla
3: movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Godzilla, the next film that we'll be rolling into, uh, if you're listening to us live – We're going to be going into Godzilla 1998. If you're listening to us on the archive sessions on YouTube, uh, you can click the next video. We'll be doing Godzilla 1998, the Broderick film, Um, (laughs) not the one that just came out with Walter White. Ferris Bueller, not Heisenberg. (laughs) So stay tuned, sit in your seats, and we'll roll right in to Godzilla 1998 here on the 4 Real Movie Club. As for those that are listening to us live, we're going to keep going. So there you go. <laughs> um so the next film that we're going to review is Godzilla, a huge franchise that has just been out there since the 70s and all the way to today. It- mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm. Welcome Hello.
3: back. Sorry for that uh technical difficulties because you know technology blows. Um I believe we're currently live still here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh we just wrapped up our Monster Squad conversation. And we're going to be rolling into the 1998 Godzilla films. So, that being said, trying to jump onto the studio now. uh, We'll go around real quick. And we'll get the first impressions of what the Godzilla film meant to you. So we'll start with uh, Ian this time. Ian, what were your thoughts on the
5: 1998 Godzilla film? Well, this is actually my first time seeing it. I'm really happy I got to watch it before seeing the new Godzilla. And (laughs) I've heard all terrible things about the 1998 version of Godzilla. And I must say it lives up to that hype. This movie (laughs) was, I I don't like, there's so many, it's dumb beyond like most blockbusters I can imagine. And this is directed by Roland Emmerich who did Independence Day in 2012 and a lot of movies where he gets to blow up New York city. And literally, literally, there's just people shooting at Godzilla and then missing buildings, and then like you just watch the Chrysler building blow up for no fucking reason at all, just because Roland Emmerich is enjoying it. But anyway, despite it's it's really bad, but I will say compared to the new Godzilla, this one was at least kept me entertained and it made me laugh for all the wrong reasons. I don't know what anybody else, if anyone else is on board with that statement. Like you. you, you, you know what I'm saying. It's basically, I don't really know like what they were going for with this version of Godzilla. They made Godzilla a mother now. Um, what's his? What's the French actor's name? I'm blanking right now. Leon I, the professional. Yeah, Leon. i I need to look up his name because I should know it because I love Leon. John John Reno complains about coffee all the time because apparently that's a French stereotype according to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: Flintstones. It,
5: it was just everything, and it was like very ridiculous. The characters were dumb, but I will say there were characters there that were interesting to follow. So I don't. Let's I don't know what you guys think, but like this is a dumb movie, but it was fun. Tom, what were your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I won't watch into the uh, comparison to the new Godzilla movie just yet, because I know that's going to be a nice big can of worms. But speaking of worms, I guess we'll talk about the worm guy. Uh, <laughs> No, it, uh, it was fun. I haven't watched this since I was in first grade, so I remember jumping for joy in my, uh, my theater seat, you know, whatever it was now, 16 years ago, and it's nice to see how much I've changed. Uh, but, <laughs> holy crap, was this just not good at all. I like to think that the, uh, the military excess was just this stunning uh, commentary on the current military-industrial complex, but it probably wasn't. So, yeah, mo- most of it really wasn't great, although the, uh, the Madison Square Garden sequence was interesting. But otherwise, I thought
2: it was just, just one really way to put it pretty underwhelming. Okay, uh, Sam, what were your thoughts? Well, Matthew Broderick was coming off a high before this movie. Yeah, The <laughs> Lion King, The Cable Guy, both of those movies I enjoy. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I loved Jurassic Park, oh, but when you try to breed that movie with old Godzilla movies, it just does not work. Hmm. Uh, I will say this in its defense. It gave me a very entertaining cartoon series to watch as a kid. Yeah. <laughs>
1: if they put the beeper in it, I would have liked it better. <laughs> <laughs> what series is this?
5: There was an well, there there was a, was
2: a animated series that was based on this movie, and it was on like Fox Kids and stuff, and it wasn't bad out.
5: even now. I missed I like out. It. What? I said I missed out.
4: Ah. <laughs> uh,
3: Gibby, yeah. what were your thoughts on uh, Godzilla? Uh,
4: I actually didn't. I actually liked it. I didn't think it was that bad of a movie. Um, gotcha.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to the movies? <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: I mean, I had no problem with it. I actually liked it. Um, if you actually like, you guys are saying like he's a mother and all that, but I mean, that's kind of just how most a lot of reptilians are and stuff. So it was just kind of. It kind of uh, was were- also
5: asexual in this. They let us know that.
4: <laughs> yeah, of course. Everyone knows that. School, it's an educational film, too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's just letting you know what's going on. And I, I actually enjoyed it. I- I've actually seen it before. I didn't realize it. that It was actually this one. But I liked it back in the day, and I still like it today. I mean, it- it's got some cheesy parts into it, but I feel like a lot of Older movies like that are always going to have that in built in almost. Um, they were I actually driving cars out of dinosaurs' mouths.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happens all the time though.
4: So I mean, <laughs> I mean, in the new what was it? Die Hard? He got, he threw stu- he drew a fucking car into a helicopter. I mean, come on. You look That's back more and. More <laughs> I mean, you're just you're just like yelling at it because of certain things, but I mean, that's just a movie theater. I actually, for me, I thought it was pretty good. Acting, I thought, was a little overdone, a little overkill, but it was, I actually thought it was a pretty good rendition of Godzilla.
0: (laughs) Well,
3: the Japanese would absolutely
4: disagree with you, uh, because in 2004,
3: they released a film called Godzilla Final Wars. And literally within 30 seconds, Zilla Jr., as they entitled the Godzilla that the Americans tried to do, uh, got his ass kicked by the real Godzilla, thrown into like a, uh, I forget, some kind of building, and just blasted to hell in 30 seconds. And this was the movie that they killed him in, Godzilla Final Wars. I have the DVD, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh has about 16 monsters in it in total for Godzilla to fi- uh, fight. And Zilla Jr., or the Matthew Broderick Zilla, uh, only lasted thirty seconds, so I think the Japanese are not too happy with this film
5: Godzilla doesn 't fight any monsters. The humans are fighting against Godzilla, yeah, in this one, and also, what was Godzilla doing coming to New York City, going from suddenly being somewhere in the Pacific Ocean in New York City? I just like to, I, I think I like to think that Godzilla was trying to figure out like oh where 's a good place to bring up my family, New York City? <laughs>
4: In the garden. In the, garden. In the, garden. In the, in the Nick's locker room. <laughs> it's, a, it's a perfect nest already built for you, okay?
5: <laughs> of course. Uh,
4: one subject
3: i also like to touch base on when it comes to the 98 Godzilla film is the overabundance of Simpsons voice actors that made yes. appearances. Yes. We should talk about this. So, go go ahead. You can go ahead and uh, start the conversation. The, the lead one, of course, is Hank Azaria, who does voices of Moe uh, and many others, yeah. but
5: as a as a pretty sexist news anchor and then we also have a uh, Hank Azaria in it <laughs> as a reporter it's a little if you grew up watching the simpsons it's a little distracting cuz all i could hear was principal skinner
0: <laughs> and uh, then we
5: go, have go one other Nancy Cartwright who i forget who's Bart Simpson i forget who she played in it but she was in it mhm i think she was uh Audrey's
3: friend okay i think um But like you said, Kent Brockman talking (laughs) as the reporter the entire time, it was just – it was distracting. Gibby, did you pick up on any of these references? (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) I didn't think so. Uh, Uh,
3: Anything else to add to the Simpsons, uh, heavy Simpsons crossover into the Godzilla universe?
1: I just love that they're like, let's just take every successful thing from the 90s and put it in a Godzilla movie and see what happens. Like Blockbuster? Well, like every single, like that whole, yeah, like Blockbuster, like, like, like probably thirty percent of those shots were just Jurassic Park shots watered down. We'll just yeah. make Jurassic Park and The Simpsons, and we'll make a million dollars. And true. they
4: did, and they did.
1: <laughs> what? So, so
4: apparently, go
0: ahead.
1: I was gonna say this movie still made more than the Green Lantern
0: movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> true story. That's hurtful. Um, Our significant margin.
3: <laughs> Apparently, with with this film, uh, TriStar had planned to produce a trilogy of American Godzilla films. Oh no! Upon acquiring the license in '92, um, and they they tabbed uh, they they were tapping Tab Murphy. That's a terrible name to write a treatment for a sequel. Um, what would you have felt if that Godzilla would have returned in the sequel?
5: Well, this was like begging for a sequel because it ends with one of the eggs hatching. Exactly. So they were like they weren't even thinking, "Oh, maybe like this won't do well, maybe we won't get a sequel." Instead, they were like, "Oh, this is the we're de- we're, we're good here, guys. We're good. Let's let's have an egg hatch for no reason." I like to
1: see
4: the Cincinnati police against the Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're just
4: going to just do it in every major city in the United States. You well, have I... across. They're like the quarters. Like,
5: I'd like to see a monster go to the suburbs for once.
3: (laughs) Just like Godzilla just trampling around in New Jersey. Be like, oh, New York's fine.
0: (laughs) He's in Jersey.
3: to get out of the city. Too much smog for me. (laughs) Uh, Just like we did for the Monster Squad, Uh, let's take a look at the casting. As we've already touched base on that, there's a hell of a lot of Simpsons uh, crossovers. But how did you feel about Matthew Broderick and his ridiculous name? Uh, Gibby, we'll start with you since you seem to like this film so much. What do you mean? Uh, did you feel Matthew Broderick was good? Would you have put Nicolas Cage in this spot? Uh,
4: I, I mean, my, I, I liked all of, I liked them. I think all the actors are pretty much fine. But, uh, the only one I actually had an issue with would be the, um, I don't know who it was, but it was the guy with the camera, Hank Azaria. The, yeah, I didn't like him at all. He was the one I did
5: like. (laughs) Chief Wiggum? You got a problem with Chief Wiggum?
4: (laughs) Yes, yes I do, apparently. He was, uh... He was, like, really, really over... over over-Bronxy. Which was kind of (laughs) driving me nuts.
5: I did notice there was a lot of New York accents here and there.
4: And And, uh, that would be my only real main issue with it. Um... (laughs) He also, I mean, I I liked all the other actors. I didn't have any real issues with any of them. Uh, Tom, what were your feelings on the casting?
1: I'm a huge fan of both the original and the remake of the producers, and he just did the Leopold Bloom voice the whole time. (laughs) I was going to take anything he said seriously, and he was just kind of belching out some that really typical, like sci-fi, like pretend science stuff the whole time. So you combine that with I'm Leopold
0: Bloom. (laughs) <laughs>
1: anything he said seriously, Sam.
2: What are we talking about?
1: The,
0: the, we're,
2: not,
1: uh, we're not talking about
3: anything. Don't worry about it, Sam. What did you think of the casting for Godzilla?
2: Um, I mean, honestly, there was really nothing wrong with the casting. I, I mean, there was some bad, there was some bad acting, sure, mm-hmm. but really, what made this movie bad wasn't actors. I mean, I don't really think. Uh, Maria Patio was all that great. But Matthew Broderick, I mean, he wasn't bad. He wasn't a bad actor. He was a bad character, if that makes sense. But yeah.
3: yeah. And lastly, Ian, what were your thoughts on the casting?
5: Well, this is coming from somebody who's actually a very big fan of Matthew Broderick. He's been in a lot of great movies. He's been trained in theater. And I felt like he literally had no emotion in this. Like, you just... I could just tell the whole time he was just waiting to get his paycheck. He delivered I wish I had examples but he delivered every line with about the same delivery. Like he would just be like, Oh look, there's a monster over there with no excitement in his voice whatsoever. It's just I don't I don't know how to describe like he didn't it's like I guess you could call it phoning it in is the best way to say it, because I know he has more talent, but he didn't he felt very miscast in this role. So it's,
3: one of the other things that were uh huge with Godzilla 98 is the over-marketing. And one point I want to touch base on, um, Taco Bell. Oh, man. (laughs) Remember the Taco Bell commercials, especially that little dog?
5: Oh, how could I forget? The chihuahua?
3: The little chihuahua. That's right.
5: We're going to need a bigger box.
3: (laughs) (laughs) When I look back at my childhood, these, these, are these yeah, these toys and these co- uh, like commercials stick out the most in my mind. Uh, Ian, what were you, do you, What was your favorite thing about the whole Taco Bell Godzilla crossover?
5: I don't. That was. It's it's really funny that you're bringing it up because I completely forgot about it. But I had never seen the movie before this weekend. And my memories of Godzilla as a kid were from that stupid little dog going, we're going to need a bigger box. <laughs> but I think you're actually bringing up in general, there's a lot of product placement in this movie. Especially, it's really funny because you'll see a lot of blockbuster product placement. Yes, <laughs> There's a lot for that. There's a scene where a monster, where one, not a monster, one of Godzilla's babies eats a sprint sign, which is kind of counterproductive because they're eating their own product placement. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. It's just how they get there. I have very mixed feelings about product placement in general. Um, I think it can be. I, I understand there's a lot of good things about it. It can help get. It can help you get funding for a movie. I think it's okay if it's just part of the world and if it's just there and nobody like addresses it. But it felt like it was addressing it a lot. They were not subtle about it here, and it can get irritating. So you like product placement if it's not product placement. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I don't want to say if I like it. I'm fine with product placement if it's just there and like nobody's really acknowledging it that heavily. Well, no.
1: like Ian and I talked about this earlier. Iron Man 3 is supposed to have over 200 pieces of product placement in it. And I didn't know that. But like, could you stop and, and name even 10 of those? Like If I sat down, I could definitely hammer off probably 20, 20 to 30 from Godzilla. Yes. <laughs> Including that French special fortress always, start to, always go into battle with a mouth full of juicy fruit.
3: Gibby what were your thoughts on the uh, oversaturation of product placement
4: I definitely have to agree I mean they definitely did kind of overkill it but I I feel like that was definitely um, back in the day a lot of the movies uh, had that I think that was a major way for a lot of these larger blockbusters to actually get funded I almost feel like yeah, so and I feel like it hasn't really changed much. I still feel like they still do it because if you look at a lot of movies nowadays, they still have a shit ton of product placement. You, you just they're a lot more subtle about it. Basically, they're not basically just jamming it down your throat like they were in like this one. I mean, even in the Monster uh, Squad, we were even talking about it how they had like blaring all over the place about um, Burger King. I mean, I think that's just it's almost like a it's an unfortunate necessity Um, whereas people probably don't like it as much but it's just how it is
0: Mm -hmm.
4: and if you want like a basically a movie to be uh, out there you you basically need to find sponsors and that's obviously a very easy way of finding people to basically give you money Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I would say they probably overdone it with just how literal they were of how like they were just jamming it down your throat. Uh but I, I feel like it's unfortunate necessity. So <laughs> uh, Um
3: Sam, what were your thoughts on the uh commercial?
2: On the commercial, what do you mean? I mean the commercial uh commercialization. Yeah, product placement. I'm just surprised Matthew Broderick didn't, like, have a whopper in his hand at one point and take a plate <laughs> into it and, like, look at the screen and go, have it your way. I up. want to
4: finish my whopper. <laughs>
2: uh, I mean, as a kid, I didn't notice it, but definitely going back and watching it, it kind of just makes you cringe a little bit. Um, go ahead. I guess that's just. Yeah, as as a kid, you don't notice those things. But I forget who mentioned it. I think it was Ryan who said, like, you almost appreciate how much you've grown up looking back at these movies that you're like, oh, that was awesome when it came out. And you look at it again and you're like, why did I enjoy this? (laughs) Um, Before we move on to the next topic, which I think is going to be the the most hit on
3: point when it comes to Godzilla, uh, just some of the awards uh, (laughs) that this masterpiece had won uh, it won Worst Supporting Actress from the Golden Raspberry Awards, uh, Maria <laughs>
1: Patillo. Uh, the <laughs> worst. its <played> full name. <laughs>
3: the uh, worst remake or sequel for the TriStar Pictures. So uh, congratulations! On that it did win Best Special Effects at the Saturn Awards, uh, and it also won BMI Film Music Awards, So the soundtrack was actually pretty badass, but. Did, oh, anybody, should we
5: should talk about, about that end credit before. song for a second. Go ahead. Uh, the end credit song, which was a cover, uh, a metal cover of a uh, cashmere.
3: <laughs> With uh, P. Diddy, right? Yeah. yeah.
5: That yes, and P. Oh, my God. That was,
4: <laughs> that was something it's I never thought I'd hear you
5: about. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: That's obviously needed in every movie, though. <laughs>
3: So besides, the the soundtrack was, like, uh, awesome as hell because it had, like, the Wallflower's uh, We Could Be Heroes. Oh. Um, And I I definitely remember the P. Diddy and Jimmy Page singing Come With Me, uh, where (laughs) Kashmir's the background beat, but they're singing weird lyrics, and he's making love to Godzilla or something. Oh, God. But I, I think the soundtrack is one of the good takeaways when it comes to this, at least it's still on my playlist today, uh, not necessarily Godzilla the movie. But the next topic we're going to roll into, and I'm pretty sure everybody here has seen it, except for maybe the uh, one oddball who liked Godzilla 98. Um, hey. The Godzilla 2014.
4: I have not seen that one.
3: See, uh, Well, then I was right.
4: <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> definitely huge comparisons between the 98 American take on it and now the 2014 American take on it. Uh, we'll start with Tom... What did you think of Godzilla 2014, and what did they do better than 98, and what did they do just as bad?
1: Well, this was the first time I almost fell asleep in a movie since Muppet Treasure Island.
0: <laughs> that
1: shouldn't happen with a summer blockbuster. I just thought this movie was abysmally bad. As soon as Brian as soon as Cranston died, I, I knew I was kind of sold to Snake and I was going to be in for it for a while. 2014 to me was just a ridiculous series of events that managed to hide the title protagonist until the end of the movie. I mean, you could have had literally every single human being on the planet could have gone to sleep for that whole movie, and everything would have worked out fine. They were all completely (laughs) irrelevant. And the rest of it, to me, was just really over the top. I'll I'll try not to get into it and let everybody else have a say. The only thing I think they really got right was that they didn't make Godzilla sexy. Godzilla is a giant fat ass with (laughs) spikes and blue fire out of his mouth. And in 1998, Mm. they tried making him into essentially just a Uh, (laughs) T-Rex. But like we said, even though they weren't great characters, at least 1998 had characters. Like, how do you describe Aaron Taylor Johnson without saying what his occupation is? He's a guy who is helping with a problem.
5: (laughs) He loves his family, so he keeps running away from them. Just bring
1: them to Japan. (laughs) You're a lieutenant. You can afford it. (laughs) You live in a very chic apartment You're upper middle class Just Put Put your kid on your lap Just go You've been going to Iraq You probably have frequent flyer miles or something Come on I thought thought it was just absolutely horrible The fact that the military They swim across the whole ocean with Godzilla And don't start shooting at him Oh my god, hang on Until they get to San Francisco Which I realized maybe them shooting people on the bridge Was an homage to Godzilla 1998 Destroying the Chrysler building (laughs) <laughs> I could I, I could go for days. I was just unbelievably I was more disappointed by this movie than I was by Man of Steel. Wow, that's that's a powerful statement cuz Man of Steel disappointed me. Oh, I was heartbroken, but now my heart was broken more.
3: <laughs> uh Ian, what were your uh thoughts when it came to Godzilla
5: 2014 versus 98? They're they're pretty close to uh to Tom's thoughts over here the thing is I don't know why I have to say which one is better one I can't I would really <laughs> love to just hate them both equally <laughs> um, but I would say that yes this version okay so I think the 98 version did not take the idea of Godzilla seriously and the 2014 version tried very hard which is noble of them but I me just ask a question have any of you seen the version of Robin Hood with Russell Crowe the Ridley Scott version yeah no. Okay, so this reminded me of Robin Hood more than anything, because you, they're basically selling an entire movie on this legendary figure, and then you don't see that person being, or you don't see that, like, that legendary figure until the last 10 minutes of the freaking movie. There's this whole thing where when you have a movie like this, a monster movie, like what they did with Jaws, you build up to it and build up to it, and you don't show the monster right away, which is great. But one, you don't really have to do that because we all know what Godzilla looks like. And two, during all that build-up time, there's literally no tension. Every time they give you, like, a character in the new one to care about, they immediately just kill them off or get rid of them. Like, nothing matters. There is no stakes in it. Which is also why I dozed off quite a few times. I think I might have even missed a few minutes of the movie, which I feel bad for saying. But yeah, you're lucky. Any, any movie with a mutant lizard, sea monster, dragon thing... Should not make me fall asleep. That's all I have to say. And while the '98 version was also not good at all, it kept me entertained. It had my attention. <laughs> it made me ask a lot of questions, like why would you drive a car into a dr- a dragon lizard's mouth? <laughs> Important and questions. And Taco Bell. Question. <laughs> <my> Taco Bell. Why Taco Bell?
3: Gibby, you didn't see it. Nope. Uh, so screw you, Sam. <laughs> Sam, what was your thoughts on the 2014 versus the 98
2: film? Uh, I think everybody in this podcast saw a different movie from me (laughs) because I was in it from beginning to end, and I think it's leaps and bounds superior to the 98 movie. It is not without its faults. There were problems I had with it, but, I mean, he can't even come out of the water without causing, like, massive destruction. He doesn't, like, dance around the buildings. I mean, he's gigantic. And there is no way that he can't kill, like, thousands of people without just taking a step. I mean, that was just, I like realism. And for a Godzilla film, this was probably as realistic a take on Godzilla as you can get. Uh, I understand why he wasn't around. This movie had a budget. people so, spent $170 million. How did
0: they yeah. spend $170 million?
2: Wait, it was $170 million?
5: Yes, sir. That that's forty million more than the ninety eight (laughs) version. Well, okay. If you okay, if you
2: want to say that they had the money, then at least I get the Jaws premise where they didn't want to bring him out right away. But like the whole time, the fight scenes pissed me off because it's like, yes, they're about to fight. Oh no, they cut away. Oh no, yeah, they're about to fight. Ah shit, they cut away again. (laughs) Oh wait, here we go. Here's the big fight scene. Damn it, they cut away again.
1: The worst is when they shut those double doors. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The whole crowd reacted to that in the theater that we were at.
0: A collective
2: sigh of, oh. (laughs) But, I mean, I was in the movie from beginning to end. It had its problems. I I completely agree it had its problems. But it was a far better Godzilla than I've seen in a long time.
1: Don't you hate we have to do that at the movies anymore? Well, guys, no matter what, it's not going to be good.
2: But at least it wasn't that bad. <laughs> okay, I, I'd be willing to give this movie like an 8 out of 10. I mean, I liked it. I will buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray. I definitely liked it. Uh, Tom, what would you give Godzilla 2014
1: uh, on a 1 to 10 scale? 10 being Shawshank, 1 being backyard film? Yes. Just out of spite, I'm going to say 3.9. <laughs> <laughs> so Monster
3: Squad ranks over to the, uh, 2014 Godzilla? Wow. Any, any day of the week.
0: <laughs>
5: wow. Uh, Ian? Um, we're talking about two thousand fourteen, right?
3: Yeah because we're we're gonna do our final thoughts on Godzilla okay. ninety eight in a moment.
5: I would give two thousand and fourteen. Um between uh I would give it about three stars out of ten. Whew. My Ouch. God. Not a... Man. <laughs> I'll
0: I'll
4: give it I'll give it, it, it two missing stars that Sam last year was missing.
0: Oh,
3: so you're
4: bumping <laughs> Sam's to a ten?
3: <laughs> because you haven't gone and seen it yet. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, since you are uh, not with the times and you're still stuck in the '90s, what did you think of the '98 Godzilla on a scale of one to ten, Gibby, and your final thoughts on the movie?
0: Okay.
4: Uh, my final thoughts were: I mean, I actually liked it. I thought it was a pretty good, interesting film. I mean, I granted it did have some issues, um, but I, I would definitely go with probably, probably around a seven. Out of ten. So okay,
3: right, fair enough. <laughs>
0: uh, what? Were you I, don't,
3: I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Have you been to the movie, <laughs> No, no, I haven't. That's
1: damn. It's 70% as you? good as Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's, it's, right it's, now that we put it that way, I completely agree. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> Tom, what are your final thoughts on Godzilla '98? Uh, one to ten, yes. again, ju- just, just to despite it more, I'm going to say a 3.901. <laughs> <laughs> so it's
4: above 2014. Uh, no, 2014
1: would have gotten a 3.902 if Ken Watanabe would have made more than one face.
0: <laughs> just one more
1: expression, Ken.
3: Ian, what are your final thoughts and uh, ranking on Godzilla 98?
5: Um. All right, Godzilla 98, I would give it, I just want to, before I give my final review, I want to just, I just found in my notes my favorite exchange in the entire movie, mm-hmm. which was between Jean Reno and, I don't remember who the other guy was, it might have been Hank Azaria, but at one point Jean Reno goes, you call this coffee? And the response he gets is, I call this America.
0: <laughs> 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 which is to go to
5: the overall point that this is, a movie. This is a movie about a Japanese monster directed by somebody that's German set in America, and I feel like the whole thing has a giant identity crisis, and I feel like half of this movie is Roland Emmerich's really weird American patriotism, which goes through, like, every one of his movies.
0: <laughs> I don't know
5: how much it relates. I find it really interesting. But anyway, Godzilla 98, terribly made, really cheesy and not a good way. Made no sense story-wise. Special effects were terrible. But I laughed a lot, and I did have a good time watching it. So because of that, I'll give it two and a half out of ten stars. Whew. Man, you guys
3: are not happy with the films tonight. My heart, man. (laughs)
5: We're we're, we're just getting started.
3: (laughs) Uh, I'm looking forward to our next one. Uh, Sam, what was your final thoughts and rating on Godzilla 98?
2: Uh, Final thoughts would be... If you're very bored and you don't want to kill yourself and you're just looking for a movie, you can watch Godzilla 98. And you don't have a copy of Monster Squad. Yes. But if you're looking for a Godzilla movie, no, absolutely not. As far as just a movie, it's at least watchable. But for a Godzilla movie, no, absolutely not. I'd give it like a four. <laughs>
3: Gibby is the only one who's given a rating to any of our movies so far over five. Uh, for those of you listening here on Mega Powers Radio, our next film we'll be rolling into is Cloverfield. Uh, those of you listening on YouTube, make sure you click to the next video to see Cloverfield. And I'm going to pause at that awkward silence because that makes editing so much easier. We're going to roll right into Cloverfield for our next segment here on 4 Real Movie Club. Um... Cloverfield is a 2008 American science fiction monster film, according to Wikipedia, directed by Matt Reeves, produced by J.J. Abrams and written by Drew Goddard. Before setting on an official title of the film, marketed as uh, January 18, 2008, the film follows six young New Yorkers attending a going-away party on the night that a gigantic monster attacks the city. So, <laughs> we're going to start... With oh, Tom, what were your initial thoughts on Cloverfield?
1: All right. Well, just to make believers out of all of you, I love this movie. This is one of the first movies that I watched <sighs> it and immediately watched it again to try to figure out what I just experienced. I, th- I think it's, a, it's fun when you can take something common and uh, – or something that you can figure – something that people think they know and do something interesting with it. That – and I don't know why people – people in my theater vomited. But I, don't, I really didn't think it was that bad. Maybe because I made a lot of crappy movies when I was a kid without a, without a uh, tripod. But I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was an interesting movie, and I really enjoyed it. So I, I recommend everybody watch it and not Godzilla 1998
5: or 2014.
3: <laughs> uh, Ian, what were your thoughts on Cloverfield?
5: This is a movie. I didn't get to see it in theaters, but I watched it in high school at home alone. But I have really fond memories of it, and I really I really love this movie. This is definitely one of my favorite movies in which a monster destroys all of New York City. I'm not somebody – I'm really not a very big fan of found footage movies. I'm somebody who can either get nauseated or annoyed by them. I happen to think The Blair Witch Project is one of the most overrated movies of all time, but that's not part of this podcast discussion. Anyway, I love – the way they put found footage into it. The movie is scary as hell. They really did the whole Jaws effect that I talked about before, not showing the monster until later really well. Um, I would highly recommend this, and I hope maybe one day they re-release it in theaters so I can see it there.
3: Sam,
2: what were your opinions on Cloverfield? Initial reaction. Initial reaction when I saw the movie was I enjoyed it. Uh, I was not a fan of how shaky the camera was. And, I mean, AMC actually had to warn people about it going into the theater. Um, I liked how the creature looked. I liked the chaos going around. But, honestly, I liked the story I found out after the movie that, like, the producers and the writers and stuff talked about more so than the movie itself. And I wish they would have explored it.
3: And, lastly... The one that I'm most excited about because his opinion is great, Gibby. What were your initial reaction to Cloverfield?
4: That was such a bad movie. I I can't even. I can't believe I'm actually in this room with you people. Like I couldn't stand that movie at all. I I I basically fell asleep midway through the freaking thing. It bo- was upside down. So boring. Like. Oh, my God, I'm eventually going to drop the camera. It's like, oh, my God, all you're doing is hearing
0: things. Oh,
4: my God, and freaking can't see shit because you're just running around with the camera in your hand. <laughs> what in the world? How can you even call this a movie? Like, I felt like when I went there and saw it, I was like, I, want, I almost was tempted to go and be like, I want my money back. It was so god-awful.
0: <laughs> I, I don't have no
4: idea how in the world you people are even praising this piece of shit i mean it is awful i mean there is like no acting whatsoever they're literally just running around the entire time and the buildings and shit are just falling and you can't tell what the hell's going on because it's you're just moving around the camera constantly and not being able to see anything It, it is like if I'm gonna go and spend money on something, I, I actually wanna be able to enjoy my time. I actually wanna be able to see something. I don't wanna just look at a camera just flopping around because I'm running around like an idiot.
0: I, I, I oh. You know what? Right, I'm right, just gonna stop there. Space.
4: I think you should tell us how you really feel. <laughs> it's such a bad movie. Like
0: I, I can't I, I
4: can't be the only one here that thinks that is literally one of the I would say it's probably the worst movie I've ever seen.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Hands down, the worst movie I've ever seen. Did you see Godzilla 98? <laughs> it was, I, gave that, I gave it a 7. What do you think? <laughs> I, yeah. oh I, I have no idea how in the world you guys even fathom that this is even appropriate to even be in a movie theater. <laughs> this shit should have went right out to the VHS because it shouldn't even be put on DVD. That's how bad it was. And they should have just literally put them all in dump trucks Straight and to dump, laser them <laughs> or dump them Dump right in the ocean because that, that's basically where it needs to go. It's just garbage. Take it to the landfill. Bury Wait, them all. Wait, that's
5: where you put your garbage in the ocean? That's police. <laughs> that's why
4: we keep making Godzillas. <laughs> Hey, at least, there's, at least I can watch Godzilla. At least I can watch Godzilla. <laughs> that was such a bad movie. Oh, my God.
0: I'm done. I, I'm, I'm stepping
4: off my soapbox now. <laughs> I, really, I really don't know where um, to go
5: from that. <laughs> I have a – wait. Somebody before brought up how much they liked the story that the actors and the producers talked about more than the actual movie, and I was curious as to what they were referring to.
4: I don't know who said that. Sam. Wait, yeah, what?
5: You were talking earlier about how you heard, like, the, the idea for the movie that, like, the producers and the actors had talked about, but you didn't really go into detail. I was curious, like, what that was exactly. Like, what's the movie? Oh, um, the afterthoughts. Like, what the,
2: like, how they talked about the design of the creature and the backstory, where basically that it was, a, it was a baby and that it was running around because it was used to being at the very deepest depths of the ocean. So just like when our our ears pop, when we go up a mountain or something, it essentially had a similar effect where its ears were popping, it saw bright lights and noises, it didn't know what was going on, it was scared running around, and people were blowing shit up around it. I found that more interesting than I did the movie, which I enjoyed the movie, but
5: I I thought that was cool. (laughs) That is a really interesting idea, like you can't really get into something like that in a found footage movie, but that's pretty profound. Yeah. But then it also implies there's
2: more of these fuckers and they're even bigger than it is.
5: So there's going to be another Cloverfield there might be another oh Clover Oh god, god, I hope <laughs> not. Oh my god. <laughs> really? Well,
0: there
3: there is uh, speculation I believe Cloverfield 2 is on its way if I'm not mistaken. Oh, like, I hope i for
0: They've been saying that that it's been
1: 6 god. years, it's been a while then. Well, what's it? Drew Goddard's huge now? I mean, he's the one doing the Daredevil show, isn't he? And he did Cabin in the Woods, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's,
1: he's yeah he's the. I I think that I like, I think he'd like to do it, but I think he's got way bigger things going on to do another one of those. Yeah, things. you're right. So you're you're safe, Gibby.
4: Thank God. Thanks.
1: Oh no, I'm making it my personal life life goal from now on to make as no. many Cloverfield movies as possible.
0: <laughs> no, please.
1: Dedicate Uh, them to Gibby. (laughs) They will. It's gonna be called Gibby Field.
0: God. (laughs) The
1: monster is real. The monster was stupid. You know what I think is interesting is that um I thought about Cloverfield a lot when I was watching Godzilla twenty fourteen. Because Max Landis did this really cool interview about Man of Steel saying how you know how movies just constantly try to one up each other?
0: Mm hmm
1: Pretty much it's turned into a staple now that like at the end of a summer movie you have to level a city. Like I mean, just think about, it. like, every movie. Transformers, yep. they blew up all of Chicago. Um, G.I. Joe 2, they blew up all of London. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> that doesn't matter. Like, I mean, like, in one fight in Godzilla 2014, he stumbles back and just falls through a whole skyscraper. Like, like just, oops, and he just destroys it. But um, Max Landis is kind of saying how this is getting to a point where, like, how do you ever have a hero when, no matter what, the best-case scenario is you beat the villain and a whole city has gone? Like, at the end of Man of Steel, it's like, all right, well, well, the bad guy's gone. Do you guys want to go to a baseball game? No!
5: Everyone's dead!
1: <laughs> like, like I, think, I, I think Cloverfield's interesting because, you know, instead of getting desensitized to every time Godzilla evolves through a building, there's, there's a whole building full of people who could have made Cloverfield. Like, I think you need something to remind you the reality of what that weight is. Like, there's even a rumor right now that the, the new Transformers trilogy is going to end with them destroying Earth. <laughs> That's the point of one-upsmanship we're getting to with these. With these, to me, it's almost like pornography anymore. <laughs> like, like it's, like it's just to this point where like you just keep it's like, yeah, let's destroy two cities. Let's, let's destroy Mount Rushmore and then all North, North Dakota and Canada too. <laughs> and just, like, like how do you have anything that have weight if you can't ground ourselves at some point and be like, you know, destroying like one skyscraper is a pretty big deal. Yeah. So,
5: let <laughs> are at Cloverfield. I, came out at an interesting time it came out in 2008 but it's like very much in It's just like if you compare it to like godzilla 98 one of them coming out before september 11th one of them coming out afterwards if you just think about the way in godzilla they just like destroy like scott they just like destroy an entire building by accident and like you might have the reaction to like laugh or just like shrug it off and then cloverfield you feel the stakes whenever something is destroyed there's a very human element to it.
4: Were you feeling it because uh, you couldn't see anything and the camera was shaking back and forth, and eventually they dropped it, and then you were just staring at a wall for about ten minutes until they picked up the camera again. Well, then no, you a heard the noise.
1: Movie that has characters that we care about. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I, they else, had though? characters in that. I didn't even know they had characters. I, I <laughs> thought it was, I thought we were doing like a, another thing of like Running Man, where everyone's just running the entire time. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I I'm running. you supposed
0: running, to be running.
4: Giant monster! Oh, quick! Turn left. Swipe left. Running. Running. Quick. Gotta slide. Running. Running. Let me jump.
0: That's all that movie was.
3: You sound very bitter about the way the movie was
0: shot. You sound almost disappointed. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Like it was so bad.
4: I I'm sorry. There was no point in the movie. Like, what was the point of the movie? Love. (laughs) Well, okay, thank you. I don't know. I'm just throwing out, like, a generic I mean, literally all it was, they're running away from the the monster.
2: That was the point. The point of the movie was to see, like, in a lot of these monster movies, you see the giant creature destroying the city. The point of this movie was you're supposed to see, well, what is happening to the people on the ground? It was giving you, like, a play-by-play of their reaction to what was going on.
1: So yeah, like it's a writing It's to like the boardroom where all the generals are like, here's what we're going to do. Oh, what was that? And then they all stopped. I'm, what was that? Oh, another building was just falling down. Then they just keep going anyway. with their big plans. Yeah. This, this is, is the point. show where, what, what, where you would like – you ever think about that? Like one of these like Marvel movies where it's like, oh my gosh, here comes the aliens. Well, oh good, the Iron Man has his armor. Yeah, but what would I do? I'm totally screwed. That's they something I hate. alien jet
5: ski. That's something I hated about the new Godzilla movie was that it just basically all took place in boardrooms and with really boring scientists. Hey, I'm a really boring scientist.
2: Oh,
4: not all scientists are boring, but... (laughs) Sam is definitely a boring scientist. Don't worry
0: about
3: that. One of the things that we could talk about besides Gibby's uh, pure hatred for the way the movie was shot um, is the viral campaign that... Initiate it with this project in 2008. I actually like Seven. that. See, oh well, look at you.
4: Go go ahead and
3: talk about it, since this is the only high point
4: for you. Yeah, like I thought, the way they actually marketed this thing and actually pushed it, it was probably one of the best movies I've ever seen. Where they actually had a <laughs> actual plan <laughs> set in place to actually promote a movie,
0: mm-hmm. which
4: was is actually kind of shocking because normally all it is is they have all these trailers and things like that, but that one they actually went out and like feet to the ground running on basically how they wanted to promote it,
0: mm-hmm.
4: and I, I thought that was extremely interesting, and I actually very much enjoyed it, and that's the reason why I went and watched it. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I wish they wouldn't have they would have put more time in actually making the movie than their propaganda because the movie was god awful. But <laughs> so they did. I mean, <laughs>
0: All the marketing
4: was gold, and then they you got They suckered me in. They suckered me in, so I, I mean, you, you can't can't diss that, right? Uh, you can diss the movie pretty hard. Oh, uh, that was a horrible movie. That's why it's it's pretty easy when a movie is basically I'd rather stare at a piece of shit for an hour <laughs> than to actually watch that movie. Wow, that, that's hurtful.
3: Uh, guys, what were your uh, well, Tom? What were your thoughts on the whole viral tie-ins and the uh, the Propaganda and all that stuff leading up to the movie.
1: I love when they do that. To me, that's as much crap as the internet has generated for the world, this is where I think it's really awesome. Because this was what two thousand eight. Yep. So like this was right when the Dark The Dark Knight did a really fun one too. I, I did pretty much almost all of the Dark Knight uh, viral campaign. And I think I think anything that can really get you into one of these movies is awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just the- it's just like the cherry on top of an amazing movie
0: Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It has to
4: be good. Like, you're, like, completely missing the point that the movie was horrible. Jesus! (laughs) Ian, what were your thoughts on the viral
3: campaign?
5: Again, I didn't see the movie when it first came out, so it was like Godzilla, where at first I remember... Like, the original Godzilla, I remember the movie really well from not just, like, when it... Not just the movie itself, but the marketing campaign. I don't remember it extremely that well, but I remember it being really cool, and I do... Love those tie-ins, and I know it's really helpful with horror movies and films like this. I think that of all the movies we watched today, the marketing was really important, and I'm going to bring it back to Godzilla 2014 for one second. If that's just okay. Mm-hmm. Just to say that that had one of the best trailers I'd ever seen, and it seems like what, uh, what Gibby's saying, mm-hmm. that once again, this is another movie where he seemed to think that all the marketing was so much better than the movie itself, which is I find it really interesting when a team of marketers can somehow top a giant Hollywood production.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Although I think I think Cloverfield was much better than he did. Clearly, I don't think anybody thinks <laughs> Cloverfield the way he does. <laughs> it's oh, actually God, really fun know. to watch him hate it. So, oh yeah, I mean that's I,
3: it, ratings.
0: <laughs> God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Uh, Sam, what were your feelings on the campaigns and the uh,
2: viral tactics for that? I thought they were great. I mean, I can't think of anybody back in 2008 who didn't want to see Cloverfield with all the viral marketing they had. And, like, they teased you just enough that you wanted to see it. And I wish some movies would do that again because I already saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2 before I actually saw the movie. And I'm pretty confident I've already seen Days of Future Past. And the movie hasn't come out yet. With all the different (laughs) trailers and TV spots and images and clips. and um, It's such an oversaturation. But Cloverfield played it like a fucking tease. And it just makes you more interested in going to see it. Sweet.
5: I do like when a movie's campaign, I will say this also too, um, when they don't try and give every single thing away in the trailers, Mm -hmm. Like another – just another big trailer out this summer that I'm amazed by is the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer just because they give you enough so you know what you're seeing but they don't give away the entire story because I still have no idea what it's about.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
5: That's what a good trailer should do. I think think marketers and everyone in Hollywood has forgotten about that but a good trailer needs to make you interested in the movie without giving away all the best parts. You should still want it. You shouldn't feel like you've seen the movie in two and a half minutes. Well, somebody did a study and they said – the people they polled,
1: I, you know, I'm sure it's some flawed survey, sample. but they said people would prefer to see a movie where they know what happened. But I don't know where the fuck they got those people from. Oh,
5: that's just weird. <laughs> I watch a lot of movies with people who enjoy sitting there and predicting the movie as it happens and hoping they get it right. And I think there is a comfort in that for people, and I don't understand it. People look more for comfort food, I think, when it comes to their movies.
0: I
3: I can think of one person they probably surveyed for movies to know what's happening before it actually happens. Um, Gibby? (laughs) Yes? Uh, We're going to go through real quick. One thing that, um, similar to Monster Squad, this was only about an 84, 87-minute run time. Do you feel that the movie was long enough?
4: (laughs) Man, I wish I could get that I I need an 87 minute run time, but see, I wasted about I don't know, 15 minutes drive time, 5 minutes wait time. Like I feel like they owe me at least like an hour and 45 minutes back in my life. And and it, it's only, I I'm just saying, it's I I need my life back. That was I can't <laughs>
1: Dear Cloverfield producers, build a time machine and give me back
4: my time. <laughs> Please give me back my time. That was such a
0: waste.
4: <laughs> Tom, uh-huh. do, you, do you feel
3: that the uh, time allotted uh, was very well for the uh, movie or should have been longer, shorter?
1: Um, you know, I could have seen them tacking on another 15, 20 minutes to give some really – nice, meaningful ending. But to me, it reminds me of her, which I thought was the best picture last year. I think it's nice when they can they can not give it the feel-good, not pander to the audience with the ending and really stick to something, stick to the message and stick to what they were trying to do. So I, I
5: thought it was just enough. Ian? Um, I think the length was pretty perfect. The one part of the movie I really don't like is about the first 15 minutes before the monster starts to attack because it kind of drags on, but you can't really take that out because it's important. And if you took it out the movie, would only be an hour long. But anyway, I was just reading about that the running time of the film, since so it's about like 80 minutes, would be the length of a long running mini DV tape, which is like the common format used for consumer, cam- like consumer cameras.
0: Mm-hmm. So
5: it's really cool to me that they really put that much thought into it, and they made it that length for the exact reason. Wow,
1: I thought it couldn't get any better.
5: <laughs> no, it's really oh, cool they
2: did that. My God. <laughs> Sam, uh, what did you feel about the time frame? I thought it was fine. I mean, uh, like someone said, I think it could have used maybe fifteen more minutes, but I can't imagine them tacking on any more than that. The film did what it had to do, but like I said before, like the backstory was more interesting to me, and I know they were going for a realism where you're not going to get backstory when just random fucking monster attacks the city. They're, they're figuring it out just as we're figuring it out. But I would have liked maybe like a 15 minute montage after the main guys died to be like, this is what we've learned or something like that. Uh, One of the last points I want to touch
3: on before we get into our final thoughts, Uh, when it comes to casting, most of them were relatively newer to us and uh, fresh on the screen. But for me, at least, one of the interesting choices for one of the casting was T.J. Miller as yeah. Hud, who is a comedian. And at the same time, he was the guy that was, you know, running the camera and shooting these beautiful shots for Gibby. And oh, <laughs> I'm just curious, how did you feel on casting? And did you think uh, T.J. Miller's uh, comic relief, because there was some of that in this film, was it appropriate? And it, it made me laugh. Uh, Gibby, we'll start with you, uh, the Hater Nation.
4: Uh, they, every single one of them should just be taken up back and
0: shot. <laughs>
4: and? They, they just made a horrible movie, and they should be taught a lesson. Okay, of- well,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: outside of the camera angles, uh, did you at least listen to them when they were speaking? I, like I told you, I could barely watch the movie. I, I, I listened, I watched. You cried. Struggled to stay awake. It was god-awfully boring, <laughs> stupid, retarded. Okay, so we are uh, getting into final thoughts, so we're going to move on from you.
3: Uh, <laughs> Ian, wh- how did you feel about the casting and, T- like, at least in my case, T.J. Miller behind the camera?
5: I didn't actually... I'm a big fan of T.J. Miller's comedy, and I watch him in Silicon Valley on TV now, and I didn't realize it was him until recently, and I think... Back when this came out, he was still a comedian, but not as well-known as he is now. He wasn't a star on TV. But I thought it's, it's a very inspired casting choice. And I also want to point out that Lizzie, Cap- that Lizzie Kaplan is in this as well, and that about halfway through the movie, she just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> there are some really – a lot of the cast is pretty much unknown, but like there's one or two stars in it who like you know if you're in like a certain – like camp of people, I think.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Also, Ben. I just was looking on IMDb, and Ben Feldman is in it. If anybody watches Mad Men, he's a big star on that now. Okay. Uh, uh, people have gone on to do bigger things since. Mm-hmm.
4: Sam, what, what were your thoughts on the casting?
2: Um, it probably ru- ruined a lot
4: of their careers. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. You're I'm, not looking, fan.
2: I'm actually looking into this. Hmm. I'm I'm looking into this right now. Because they were all like either relatively unknown, so like you said, that comedian, I didn't know. I've never listened to that guy's comedy, so I don't know who he is. So mm-hmm. to me, he was an unknown. And I'm just looking this up. The only person who was really in that movie who went on to do really anything was one of the girls in the friend group who died. Lizzie I, think might, I think she might have been the one who blew up. Yeah. yeah. She went on to be an evil dead. Oh.
5: And mean girls but and matches of sex.
1: Was a mean well, could you imagine the pressure yeah, of trying does. to top yeah, performance see. in Cloverfield? Hmm? So could you imagine the pressure of trying to top your performance in Cloverfield?
4: <laughs> no, that can't be that hard. I mean, Jesus Christ. It was, just, it it was the highlight it of their herd uh, <laughs> Some, some it, interesting
3: it, notes uh, on the uh, casting. Mike Vogel was almost Captain America. Oh. And Lizzie Kaplan was also in a Marvel Cinematic Universe short. Hmm.
1: Just You know, fun facts for the,
3: you know. Tom, what are your thoughts on the casting?
1: I thought it was great. I love the movie. Everybody fit. (laughs) I just, I love the movie even more now than when we started the podcast.
4: (laughs) (laughs) If I find you, Tom, if I find you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So what we'll do
3: now is we'll go around the horn. We'll get our uh, final thoughts and a rating. uh, Give your going last. Sam, we'll start with you. Final thoughts
2: Um, and one to ten. Final thoughts. If they hadn't done the shaky camera as bad as they did, I would have enjoyed it more. The creature was fresh. The idea was fresh-ish. I'd give the movie probably an 8 out of 10. Maybe a 7.5. Uh, okay, I'll give the movie a 7.5, but I'll up it to an 8, knowing all the little cool stuff afterward.
3: Oh yeah. And Ian, what were your uh, final thoughts and a scale of 1 to 10?
5: Um given that this is literally the only shaky cam found footage movie that I can actually enjoy, um I really like this movie. It's stuck with me since I saw it 5 or 6 years ago for the first time. It's still a really scary monster movie, still effective. Um I would give it there. about they're running these <laughs> noises and can be very scary. Anyway, um, I would give this about an 8 out of 10. <laughs> okay. No
4: way. Shush,
5: you'll have your rebuttal.
3: I'm pointing at, like, somebody beside me, but you're not there. I don't know why I'm pointing
0: at you.
3: <laughs> uh, Tom, what was your final thoughts and
1: rating of this movie? Yeah, I, I think, especially now more than ever, it's it's a fresh original movie. It's a, an experience that will do nothing but enhance your life and your worldview, <laughs> and bring. It, it makes a great heirloom to just. Keep so Everyone can enjoy Cloverfield, but see, I'm really finicky with numbers, so I'm going to give it. I know no matter what I get, it, Pacific Rim is going to get at least 1.7 more. So I'm going to give it. Well, plus Captain America just changed the whole spectrum for me, and since giving it an 11 would be ridiculous, I'll give it an eight. <laughs> So, uh, Godzilla 98 over there. Um,
3: (laughs) What are your final thoughts, if you have not already expressed them? And what is the ranking between 1 and 10?
4: Horrible movie. Horrible. It's not a number. Not worth your time watching.
1: Still not hearing a number.
4: Two Girls, One (laughs) Cup is a higher number than this movie.
0: Uh,
4: (laughs) All right, I'd rather watch that than this crap. I would say, at a scale from 1 to 10, this thing has got to be negative (laughs) 100. It broke the scale, guys. It broke the scale. I would have to go with a 1. I mean, is 0 allowed? Is 0 the actual number? Because 0 is my answer. I mean, I cannot recommend this to anybody. Anybody. (laughs) Anybody. I feel <laughs> sorry letting my my the pe- the my arch nemesis even watching this. It's it's how god awful it is. <laughs> so you think have you seen the movie Clockwork Orange? Yes. I've not.
3: Oh well, never mind. You wouldn't get okay. the reference.
4: So,
0: <laughs>
4: well, basically this is
3: the movie they strap you down, open your eyelids, and make you watch. <laughs> according to Gibby.
0: <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> so that, ladies and gentlemen, has been our uh, coverage on the Four Real Movie Club. For Cloverfield, uh, so far on an average rating, the I mean, best movie oh. of the night.
4: <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, on mine average, has to bring on it On average, a, ton, a negative 100. We still got one
3: lot. more. We still got one more, but still, on average, <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is still doing better. Oh my god! Wow. Something that
1: base can't ruin this movie.
3: Yeah, even your negative 100 because you, you lied about the scale. It's infallible.
1: Yeah, that's how excellent it is.
3: So Cloverfield, Oscar nominated, a cor- uh, like Academy Award winning, all that Kennedy? stuff.
4: <laughs> There's no way.
0: For those of you, <laughs>
3: sorry, oh. for those of you that are listening on Mega Powers Radio, sit tight. We're gonna roll into our fourth and final film, Pacific Rim. For those of you that are listening on YouTube, make sure you click the next video. We're gonna do that little awkward pause for editing. And now it's time for Pacific Rim.
0: And so. Da, 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 da. <laughs>
3: Uh, one of my favorite movies of the list that we have here so far was Pacific Rim, and also I would believe the longest movie that we have here.
0: Um oh,
3: yeah. it stars uh, for all I care about Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
4: <laughs> he's probably the worst thing in that entire movie.
0: <laughs> what? You were oh my <laughs> god.
4: <laughs> you are a horrible person. I'm just saying he's like, agreement.
3: Really
0: right.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Makes <laughs> he makes a valid point. Um, it I, I'm I'm baffled by it. Sam, we'll start with you. What was your initial reaction to Pacific Rim?
2: Well, I never had seen It's Always Sunny, but I loved that guy in this movie.
0: <laughs>
2: I thought really? he was really funny, <laughs> and he, hit him and the little crippled sidekick, I thought were really funny. Wow. Well, all right.
5: True Detective season two. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, the monsters looked fantastic. The uh, battles were really awesome. Uh, yeah, my initial reaction to the movie was that I really enjoyed it.
5: Uh, Ian, your thoughts? Um, so I first saw this in theaters, and when I my initial reaction to it, I actually did not like it, and I thought it was kind of overrated, and I initially was not going to rewatch it before the podcast, but I decided I needed to see if my opinion was any different. And it's really weird because after a second time around, I enjoyed it a lot more. I think it's actually... I think the movie has its problems story-wise, but in general, this is a great monster movie, and you can just tell like from every frame of the movie that director Guillermo del Toro just... Hello? You're still there. Oh, okay, we're still there. (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Anyway, you can tell from every frame of the movie that Guillermo del Toro is just so in love with his stories and his characters and the monsters and the robots and everything. This was, I think, what also made me appreciate more was seeing the new Godzilla movie and realizing that Pacific Rim did right everything that Godzilla got wrong.
1: That's a long list, Ian. That's
5: a yes, yes. But anyway, I still think there are some little flaws in the story, but I'm really happy I saw it again. I really enjoyed it. I think this movie is also hilarious. The funniest part is when Gottlieb runs up to go into a toilet to go throw up, except the toilet is in the middle of a field filled with debris and the toilet is not plugged into anything. And the movie has very little subtle moments like that, which makes it worth revisiting more than one time. Tom, what was your opinion on uh, Pacific Rim? Face man.
1: I've been on this planet for almost 24 years. And every day of my existence, before that movie came out, I had a fever. And it turns out the only cure was more Rocket Elbow.
0: (laughs) I I love
1: this movie unconditionally. Even more, Sorry, Cloverfield, but Pacific Rim is in fact the love of my life. That was the most fun I've ever had in the movie theater. Everybody was cheering. Everybody was clapping. I'm a huge Sons of Anarchy fan, so I was super happy to see Charlie Hanam in the leading role. It's just... It's the kind of movie that that doesn't get made. I don't know how it got made. Honestly, it got made because Guillermo del Toro is such a big fan of that kind of stuff, and you can tell in the movie making that this was made by a movie, by someone who really loved what they were, what the story they were telling and the genre they were telling. I just, I just thought it was incredibly excellent.
4: And lastly, Gibby. Yeah, I actually liked the movie. Um, I, I loved it. It was definitely into a. Uh, genre that I like Uh, I used to watch like Edigallians and stuff like that which is pretty much copy paste what this movie is as an anime Mm -hmm. and that was like a series and I I loved it Um, the Japanese are very big into this basically into this type of genre and um, my only issue was which apparently you guys liked are the stupid scientists which drove me nuts because (laughs) of there's stupid antics
0: stupid
4: but um that would be my only issue with the movie um but you guys apparently liked
3: yeah you're a terrorist
4: their stupid (laughs) antics for some reason
3: I know I was supposed to say bias on this but Brian you're just stupid I am (laughs) a genius alright Jesus
1: everything Uh, you think is wrong all the time
3: (laughs) um when it comes down to this movie, it, I, I don't know how, why, but unfortunately it, it was considered a disappointment in the U.S. when it came to box office, but worldwide it, it did phenomenal. Um, why do you think, and we'll start with you, Gibby, uh, since you, you know all the negative shit, um, that this movie didn't succeed so well in the States but did
4: well worldwide? Uh, it's pretty obvious to me. It's just It's just a genre that's not well-known for Americans. I mean, this is definitely a more Asian-type genre with um, monsters and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I can go through a ton of anime that is basically literally what this movie is, that they just basically copy-paste it over. I mean, it's basically a mix between, um, like, Gundam and all the other crazy anime like that where they're basically fighting monsters. I personally enjoyed it. I mean, I've watched, like I said, it, it. This is like a throwback to Evangelion, which I used to watch back in the uh, mid '90s. So for me, it's is not a new genre, and that's probably why I liked it. But as for Americans, it's not necessarily a genre that is well known. I guess you would have to say and people just don't know what it is.
3: Okay, Sam, what what were your thoughts? Why do you think it did so well outside of the U.S. and not so much here?
2: Well, I can't speak for outside of the U.S. since I've never fucking left the country. (laughs) But I think the number one reason it didn't do well here was marketing. I don't think it was marketed very properly. Mm -hmm. I know going into it, I actually didn't want to see it. I just thought it was going to be a shitty movie about giant robots. And then my, uh... my girlfriend made me go see it, and I loved it. I just wish they had a, I mean, the trailers didn't pique my interest. The TV spots didn't really pique my interest. And it was only because people were telling me that I had to see it. I went and saw it.
3: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, Ian, what are, your, what are your
5: thoughts? Why do you think it didn't do so well in the States? Um, I think some of the, I think that Americans kind of have an obsession with watching their own cities get mm-hmm. blown up. And most of this was watching cities in other countries get blown up, so it might have been that, but in all seriousness, I think that a very big part of Blockbuster selling them nowadays is that you need a big movie star, someone like Tom Cruise, who I don't really understand why he's still a movie star, but he still is able to sell a movie, and like the main star of this is Charlie Hunman, who is great, and I mean, no offense to but he's not a household name. But these are all actors I would want to see in a movie, but necessarily, not necessarily other people might want to see. I love the fact that two of the leads in this are Charlie Day and Ron Perlman. Yes. Well, um, even uh, we got to
0: talk about Ron
5: Perlman some more in this. Um, <laughs> so real, real, I love Idris Elba in it. And Idris Elba is in it as well. And the main uh, actress is Rinko. Her name is Rinko Kikuchi who's still not very well-known, but she wa- was nominated for an Oscar for Babel in 2006, a movie that she was incredible in, if anybody's seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: Tom, wh- wh- why do you think it didn't do so well in the U.S.?
1: Um, I think especially in the U.S., I think people – I, I think a lot of it was the marketing, obviously. But I think people saw that trailer, and they thought they knew exactly what it was, and just – th- your head just turns off right away. I mean, it's the same way, it's, how long has it taken superheroes to really break into mainstream pop culture? I and mean, we're 14 years into this wave of superhero movies, you know? So I think I think people see kind of giant robots and monsters, and they just kind of scoff at it. In um, a lot of ways, I think it's uh, talent credentials are just ahead of its time. You know, British TV, like Doctor Who, is really starting to get its claws into the United States, but it's not quite there yet. So, like, to, I love Idris Elba. I love Luther, but he... You know, I don't think he was a draw. I didn't even know Ron Perlman was in this movie, and I was probably about as excited for this movie as you could be,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: was nice because, as we were saying earlier, that, it's, you know, you're just never surprised by anything anymore, but it was just such a relief to finally get to go, oh! and see somebody pop out that you weren't expecting.
4: Yeah, they, they
5: treated, I remember they treated that scene like they, he, like, tur- he's faced, like, the other way, and then he turns around, like, it's the a big... Um,
1: but I know there, there's kind of this one um, unsaid rule about movies that if it's a big... Kind of blockbustery, you know, $150 million plus movie. If you don't see toys on the shelves, that means because toys have to be ordered like six months before it comes out in the theaters, that means they've decided this is a flop. Get prepared for the repercussions. So I think, so I don't know what happened, what cut the studio saw, but the fact that there was almost no ancillary for fucking giant robots fighting monsters. That's crazy. Means that, right. I mean, they they were planning for this to bomb. So for some reason, no one got behind this. I'm sure that Jeremiah Go ahead,
5: Ian. I kind of understand why if I can if I could say a word. No, Ian, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I honestly think it's because most blockbusters today are hinged on recognizable images, like you said, superheroes, reboots, like figures we know, and I guess like this genre kaiju movie. Is actually a very big genre, but it's one we don't know in the United States. So, something that people don't know is not going to sell. I mean, if I was a little kid, I would love a Kaiju toy or a Jager toy, but I think because it's not recognizable, it was hard for them. They, they don't know how to market. I don't think Hollywood doesn't know how to market an original movie anymore. I think that's the problem. You knew I'm so from Connecticut.
0: Movie.
4: Why do you consider this an original movie?
5: I mean, I don't know what, to me, I thought it was, but I know what you're, I'm not, I don't know the anime the way you do. Well, it's not... Ba- I mean, even though
1: there's that, that pre-existing notion of Gundams and monster movies, it's still an original plot, an original yeah, franchise.
5: Yeah, it's original plot. The characters are something...
4: Right. That if you sick. go... Just just Google Evangelions. It is I literally see. copy-paste the same thing, except for the fact that it's one person mm-hmm. in this suit, not two people. Literally copy, cut, and paste. Same five-level tier monsters. They... The only other difference is they spawn from the sky, not from the ocean. Literally copy pasted.
5: And also, I don't know if this was on purpose, but the Jaegers do look a lot like the guy from Halo or a Transformer. They
1: just remind <laughs> me like of an old Italian mom.
0: What did you say? <laughs> what, is, what are those things? Is that the Transformer <laughs> Halo bots?
4: <laughs> uh, I can't
0: um, know what... I think the idea
1: of original is just that it's not built on a pre-existing motion picture franchise. That's I even, if it, even if you call this an, an homage to Evangelion, it's not, um, it's not a direct um, adaptation of it.
4: I, I question if this has never been made even, because like I said, this is much more of an Asian type movie. Um, I, I wouldn't surprise me if the Japanese have already made a movie exactly like this. Because this is an extremely popular, um, basically, theme for, especially, I know, Japan.
2: Well, they did already. It was called Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. <laughs> That's, no,
4: I mean, uh, whatever. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm sure they've made like, an Evangelion-type movie is what I'm saying.
3: I think your debate skills are amazing, for the record. I know,
4: I know. it has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but your whatever responses are phenomenal. <laughs> it's it just I, I feel like this is it's you guys keep saying it's an original. It might be an original to the states, but it's not. I, I don't see this as being as an original type movie because I can guarantee you somebody in uh, Asia, especially Japan probably um, most likely going to be Japan, Korea, and all that. They're definitely going to probably have made this movie before.
3: True, but yeah, your original, or your average American won't watch Japanese movies.
4: I I know, and that's why I said I feel like it's probably the biggest downfall of it. Like I, once I saw this in trailers, I knew exactly what it was, and I was so excited because I love the anime series of all these. All right, so
3: real quick, because we're running out, we're actually at our 17-minute mark, which is, woo, time flies. Um, We'll go real quick on Pacific Rim, and I think we've touched base on a lot of things. We've touched on the acting, or the casting. We touched on the uh, origins and the not-so-origins, according to Gibby. Um, Final thoughts and ranking when it comes
4: to Pacific Rim. Gibby, we'll start with you. What are your final thoughts on the movie, and one to ten? I actually love the movie. Um I just had a couple issues with obviously the the scientists and the acting and stuff there, but I mean, I actually really thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Mm -hmm. I I would definitely go if it's probably around like 8, 8.5. Better than Godzilla 98? Oh, without a doubt. It's definitely
3: better. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Sam, what are your final thoughts and a scale 1 to 10? Final thoughts,
2: I really enjoyed the movie. It's it's one of those movies that I would see if it was on TV also, and I would go out and buy it on DVD. I haven't just because I'm a broke-ass college kid. But um, Rating, I'd probably give it an 8.5. And I'm interested in this idea they had of a – I don't know how they would possibly do this, mm-hmm. but they want to do a crossover movie of Pacific Rim Jaegers versus Godzilla. Jeez.
0: <laughs> Ian,
2: you are just the worst kind of person
0: <laughs> sounds like fun
5: uh, mm. Ian, what are your what are your final <laughs> thoughts in the rank 1-10 to ten? okay, so like I said I didn't like Pacific Rim the first time I saw it but it improved significantly on a second watch I think there's some problems with the story I think it sometimes with the action it kind of peaked too soon. I think that there's some scenes that are like a little cheesy and campy and I can't tell if it's sincere. But besides that, this is one of the best action movies I think that I've seen in a really long time. I love all of the actors in it, the characters. It's a lot of fun to watch. Guillermo del Toro is one of my favorite directors and I think he was the perfect man for this story. If I was going to rank this, I've actually been having difficulty thinking about this. I would give it between a seven point five and an eight out of ten.
3: Okay, Tom, what is your final thoughts and ranking?
1: You know, I'm going to quote Frank Sinatra here and say, "The record shows they took the blows and did it their way." You know, I know Tom Cruise wasn't tall enough to fit into the Jaeger piloting machine, (laughs) so they couldn't get they couldn't get mainstream A-list stars. But this movie reminds me why I love going to theaters. You know, I, I think this should be the feeling you get every time you come out of a movie, which is so much fun. It was larger than life. You need to see it on that big screen. It has been nothing but a fountain of endless joy in my existence. So I'm going to give it a 9.317 out of 10. Wow. Damn. I just love that movie. I love Rocket <laughs> Elbows. Rocket Elbows and Boat Swords are the most underutilized props in movies. Yes, yeah, that sword was amazing. <laughs> uh, real quick, we're going to do one more roundtable.
3: Uh, for Pacific Rim. Uh, there's rumors that, uh, well, not rumors, but uh, the director has said that he's already started writing a second script, even though the project has been green So I'm going to go around the circle real quick. Uh, yay or nay to a sequel? Gibby?
4: I find it, I don't understand exactly how they're going to do a sequel. It's with your favorite scientists. Okay, but like how, like, they close the Because they the they
1: camera, what happens when they attack?
4: <laughs> like so like they, they close the wrist, which is basically how the series ends. Mm-hmm. So it's like what do you okay, from what, what I'm are, reading are we gonna be attacking them now? Uh it, the
3: main idea that they're bouncing off is the fact that Newt drifted with the kaiju brain and the kaiju brains are connected. Uh one of the lines is they have a hive mentality. Okay. So, you know, draw your own conclusion. Or that's what it says. So yeah
4: you're near or a sequel, Gibby. I mean, I'll watch it. I don't understand how they can make a sequel. Um, for me, knowing, like, the actual backstory. <laughs> so, because pretty much once... I mean, you pretty much thwarted their attempt to basically take over that realm. Um, I don't see how, where else it could go, personally.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll
4: watch it. But I, I don't understand, because at least in the series, it, it's always, once you close it, it was done. Um, I mean, I guess they could always reopen it, but then they'll never stop, in theory.
2: Okay, Sam, yay or nay on a sequel? Uh, I'd definitely give it a yay. I don't know if it would be as good as the first one. Most sequels aren't as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. But I would be open to seeing it. Okay,
5: Ian? Um, I would vote nay. I think they should end on a strong note. However, I would love to see a spinoff about Hannibal Chow, who is Ron Perlman's character and his origin story. <laughs> I think that would be kind of awesome. Sweet. And lastly, Tom yay or nay?
1: The coolest thing of the original Star Wars movies was that line, "I fought with your father in the Clone Wars." And what does that mean? Idris Elba's last words are, "You can always find me in the drift." And I don't know what that means, but it's awesome. So,
5: hell yeah, absolutely,
1: I'll fund it.
3: <laughs> Sweet. So now it's that time of the show where we go around to all our panelists here to plug what they're doing and get their names out there for they- helping me here on the 4 Real Movie Club. So, Gibby, we'll start with you. What, what's, what do you do? Uh,
4: Well, obviously, I'll promote the Daceman Show every Wednesday, 8 o'clock, right here on Mega Powers Radio. Uh, you can always email me at thedaysmitchow at com, And so I'm probably sure I'll be back on here again at some point in time. When I
3: volunteer <laughs> you.
4: Yeah, when you go, I need one more extra person. You got to come. You got literally three days. Please watch all four movies. Thanks, Chris. You're welcome. And Sam, what do you got? <laughs> Sam?
2: Sorry, I got disconnected for a second. It's okay. By by disconnected, I mean I muted and forgot I unmuted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've got, now that I've graduated college, uh, I'm going to be having to look for a job, but I'm going to be starting up Science 101 finally. Uh, You can look us up on Facebook, Tumblr if you'd like, tumblr.com slash science101blog. Uh, Yeah, just kind of talking some science shit. You need some help and courses. I go over problems and I try to make this degree that I got worth something. So.
5: <laughs> uh, Ian, anything to plug? Um, yes. Uh, you can find more of my reviews about uh, movies, TV shows, other things like that. My website, The Real Deal, and the uh, address for it is realdealblog.com. And I'll just note that real is spelled R-E-E-L. Get it? It's a pun. Um, <laughs> so realdealblog, R E E L R E E L realdealblog.com. Um, you can also find me on the Real Deal podcast. Real also spelled R-E-E-L there. And you can find that podcast on uh, my website, realdealblog.com. You can also get it on iTunes. I host that with my co-host, Cassie Grimaldi. Um, We recently reviewed Neighbors. That episode will be out tomorrow. And later this week, we'll also be reviewing Godzilla. And lastly, Tom. I'm a credited
1: staff writer at FanboysAnonymous.com, your place for everything in the geek community. Um, So you go there for movies, comic, video game, all kinds of reviews. I'm also an editor for RealDealBlog.com. Ian sends me ideas, and I make them sound impressive. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And... uh, Every now and again, I'm a, I'm a talking head on, uh, hopefully, this podcast. So, check it out fanboys. boys.
3: Sweet. And lastly, yours truly. Follow me on Twitter at the Dace Man. Like Gibby said, check us out Wednesday nights here on Mega Powers Radio, 8 p.m. Eastern, for The Dace Man Show. Join us next month, Sunday, June 22nd at 8 p.m., where we'll be doing summer-themed films here at the 4-Real Movie Club, Weekend at Bernie's, One Crazy Summer, Jaws, and Stand By Me. Uh, You can also follow me, I already said that, follow me on Twitter, but you can see what we're doing on FanboysAnonymous.com. Check us out at the end of June. We will be at Too Many Games Convention out in Pennsylvania. We'll be there the whole weekend with a table, so come visit. We'll have things to do, um, keeping it vague. And follow follow me at OldTimeWrestling.net. Check out what we're doing. We just did our last show yesterday, and we wrestle every month. So our next show will be June twenty first, so right before the Four Real Movie Club. So on behalf of myself, uh, Gibby, Ian, and Sam, my panelists this evening on Four Real Movie Club, thank you guys for watching. Tune in here at Mega Powers for all our great programming and check out FanboysNods This has been the Four Real Movie Club.
0: At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything. That could be considered a rational thought. I'm too old for this. Good day, sir! You stay classy, San Diego. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need ropes. Frankly, me, my dear. I don't give a damn. I'm finished. That'll do, people. That'll go. Hasta la baby. Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get laid!
4: You're still here? It's over. Go home.